Coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina, and across the sandy beaches of the Carolina coast, take warning, this is Kaniac Sessions. Kaniac Sessions. Providing you with in-depth coverage of your Carolina hurricanes. And now, let's get on to the session with your hosts, Griff and A.B. Hello out there, Kaniac Nation. Thanks for joining us for session 30 of Kaniac Sessions. I'm Griff. I'm AB. And we are back today, 30 whole sessions into this thing, AB. That's yep. uh that's that's um uh, getting up there. That's right. I mean, we've put out, you know, I, I think on average we put out about one session a week. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. we put out two a week. Sometimes it takes us a couple of weeks to get one out. But I'd, I'd say on average about, you know, one a week. So we're at session 30. Uh, that's that's pretty quick. So, yeah, um, yeah, man, this has been a lot of fun. And I am excited to keep this going. Yeah, so am I. Anyway, so am today, I. yeah, today we are going to recap uh, four games since our last session. And we've got uh we've got some stuff to discuss, A B. We got talk about the month of February that's almost over, just one game remaining this month. Mm-hmm. Uh we'll talk about the looming trade deadline that's right around the corner, just over a week away. Mm-hmm. And then um, you know, we'll talk about some, you know, different scenarios that could play out and some rumors that have been flying around out there. And uh they fly around everywhere at this time of year. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just some housekeeping items, the rest of the, you know, the remaining schedule in March and, you know, some possible playoff matchups, you know, this and that. But uh, before we get going here, AB, first things first, we're brought to you by DraftKings as a member of THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, March 11th, just three days after the trade deadline. Sports gambling is coming to North Carolina. You've heard it all over the radio or the Internet, seen it on the Internet, wherever you've been. All right, it's no secret. Go ahead and download DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code THPN when doing so and score some bonus bets. Don't wait. Do it now. Get ready. It's coming. Uh, Are you excited about that, A.B.? I am. Once I think everybody's going to start betting after the trade deadline happens. So that's when it's going to really start to pick up. And why not use the promo code? Yeah. And I mean, you know, the trade deadline could swing your bets. Like, I could really literally have an effect on on the way you bet oh yeah 100 percent. but what are we also sponsored by it has something to do with tickets i think it does we are promotional partners with SeatGeek. first time ticket buyers can create an account with SeatGeek. use promo code caniac sessions that's one word no space between caniac and sessions and get 20 dollars off your first ticket purchase um whether you want to come to a canes game whether you want to come watch uh, J-Lo, who's coming to PNC Arena. Oh. Yeah, they just announced that the other night. Um, they've been <laughs> they've been giving away these Pitbull and Enrique Iglesias tickets. I don't know if... Uh... I would want to go so bad. That's like my childhood. <laughs> that is my childhood. Oh, yeah. Ricky Martin's your childhood, huh? No, Mr. Worldwide. Oh, Pitbull, gotcha. Okay, fair. Well, I know that uh so if we're going to talk about childhoods here, my uh my childhood is coming to Walnut Creek this summer. Smoking the bandit? What? Come on, man. <laughs> Creed, three doors down. Oh my Finger gosh. 11. Higher yeah. is the best size, one of my top favorites. Oh man, that's like that uh that weathered album that Creed did is like that's the anthem to my like senior year of high school. I'll never forget watching, I think, in this uh, – it was like a, a performance in 2001 shortly after 9-11 happened, and they did the song Higher yeah. at uh, Dallas's old stadium. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I uh, I was a huge Creed fan, still am. Three Doors Down, too. I love Three Doors Down as well. So just uh, – that's where I'm going this summer. I'm going to watch that. So And apparently my uh, – my son, who is 16, says that he told me the other day that Creed's making a comeback in his uh, 
around his age group. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So that's 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 pretty it's a pretty big deal, man. I was pretty hey, excited. You guys can listen to it in the car with each other, have a little karaoke. Yeah. Well <laughs> I don't know about that, but <laughs> anyway, <laughs> hey, let's let's get going here, A B. So since we recorded session twenty nine. Uh, which was exactly a week ago, if you're listening to this, on the 29th, which is the day we release it. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had four games this week. And I would say, you know, kind of a mixed bag of a week. You know, it was, uh, we were over 500 this week, but, you know, we did take a couple losses, one of them in overtime, that could be attributed to some, you know, weird things that went on this week that we'll get into Mm -hmm. but uh first game right so when we released session 29 if you listen to it that day it was the morning before carolina hosted florida at home we uh we thought last week in session 29 that the carolina would take care of business against florida and Mm -hmm. that proved correct as carolina were was able to beat florida in regulation one to zero uh this was one of the best hockey games I have ever watched. And that's even given the one zero score, AB. What yeah. did you think? Yeah, I was there. Uh, it was electric. I was so obviously we we sit on Griffin and I sit on the shoot one side, but I love watching the goalies play. But yeah, once that goal happened, like the whole arena, I think that is the loudest I've heard it since. Um, we took the game five against New Jersey and it was, yeah. it was amazing. I mean, everybody played great defensively, offensively. Uh, we shut down Florida because they have so many good weapons. Sam Reinhart is phenomenal and he's going to be a really good talent for years to come. Alexander Barkov and, you know, they just have really, they have really good players on their team. And especially with goaltending, they had Sergei Bobrovsky, who yeah, Bob was bobbing, man. He was uh, he was on top of it. Well, Fishy had something to say about that, <laughs> so he couldn't yeah. bob away from that shot. Yeah, really, really, very tight physical game. Not a lot of space out there. Um, both the goalies were amazing, like you said. So it just you just never knew when somebody was going to finally break the tie and score a goal. Florida would try to do that late in the third. Uh they would score on a breakaway. Uh but it was clearly offsides. Rod challenged. And it was the play was indeed offside, so they took that goal off the board and then Aho would come back out and score the game winner with just 18.9 seconds remaining in the game to avoid overtime, secure the win and and take home two huge points against you know a tough florida team that we could not solve in the eastern conference final last year uh, i thought that this win was good because it showed that we it showed how far we've come since last year mm-hmm. you know this this game had a playoff feel to it i mean you know yes it's not the eastern conference final and you can't really replicate that but they came as close to that as 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 you possibly can in my opinion Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. so because they were able to do that, get the win, you know, score that goal that we just couldn't get last year. I mean, if you remember that, that first game, we went into to, oh, what, four overtimes. Oh my gosh. You know, could we, you could left, you left, goal. didn't you? I had to, yeah. I had to leave that game because mm. it was a weeknight, right? Yeah. 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 It was a weeknight. I had to get home. I had a sitter you know, watching the kids and I had to work the next day. And so did my wife and we were there and, you know, I've got a two hour drive from the arena. So we were like, you know, we stayed for the first overtime. I was like, we can't do this. Like we, we got to go home. So we did. I drove all the way back home, two hour drive. And I watched, I watched the end of the game on my couch. <laughs> I was so pissed. I was there and I was like falling asleep. It was that bad. And then yeah. what? It was probably like 18 seconds left in the fifth overtime, and then they scored. I was so pissed. I didn't get home to like three. Yeah, it was wild. But um, but yeah, you know, it showed that we could play that tough physical style and actually win, right? Something that mm-hmm. we we just weren't able to do, and that, you know that shows 
how far I, it, to me it shows how far we've come since then and it's a oh, good yeah. sign as we move forward here just with the playoffs just you know what a month and a half away so yep i will say this before we move on to the dallas game which i'm very pissed about but <laughs> i saw a tweet earlier um yesterday that said florida has the best tailgating of any hockey team oh i forgot about this yes i thought that was the dumbest take i've ever seen and this guy got our buddy the warning take was like dude you just started a war and i looked at the com- <laughs> i looked at the comments and it was just flooded some people said like minnesota and i was like yeah minnesota well gates I don't know. Everybody just, you know, everybody's going to shout out their their team, you know. But, you know, and I'm biased here, but I that look, Carolina is known for tailgating in the NHL, right? That's it's right. The media knows it. the The players know it. It's it's not a secret. Um, yes, I will say, you know, there are some, you know, Florida would be a great landscape for tailgating, just because Texas. of where it's right, where it's Dallas, at, right? Yeah. Anywhere in the South, I mean, where it's warm and in the wintertime. But, look, Carolina has the crown in the NHL when it comes to tailgating. It's not even Especially during the playoffs. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's like a football game. And if you don't know, Carter-Finley Stadium, uh, which is right beside PNC Arena, which is home of the Wolfpack, go Pack, um... So, yeah, I mean, the football there is tailgating, and they do it really close to how they do it at uh, football games. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the stadium series tailgate last year was amazing. I'm going to kick myself so hard, like, until the rest of my life that I missed that game. So, obviously, the Hurricanes have the best tailgating. That's not up for debate. But this is the, the next game is the one that really made me mad. And that was against the Dallas Taurus. So, Griff, why don't you tell us a little bit about the game? Not a lot to say, but. Yeah, so. So, yeah. Um, Carolina, Dallas, Saturday night. Uh, Carolina would lose. Yeah, so Carolina would play Dallas Saturday night at home, uh, but lose in regulation two to one. It was just uh, it was just a weird game. I don't. I mean. Neither team could really generate a ton of offense. Both teams played really solid defensively. And uh, what it came down to is basically who made the most mistakes. Unfortunately, that was Carolina, and Dallas made us pay. Um, you know, it's t- they're a tough team. They they beat us, you know, swept swept us this year. Uh, the good thing is, it's the only time we can really see Dallas anymore is if we meet them in the Stanley Cup final. Um, I guess, which is really not too far-fetched. I mean, that, that could happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't really believe Dallas – I don't really believe Dallas makes it to the final, but but they could. Um, I mean, if Carolina can make it, Dallas can make it. So, But, you know, it is what it is. 2-1 loss, you can take it. You know, which it, it sucks because I made a prediction in Section 29 that we were going to sweep the rest of the month and started off good against Florida, but then – uh, kind of laid an egg against Dallas, but it is what it is. Uh, the team would finish up that game, immediately get on a plane and fly to Buffalo, where they were right back at it the very next night um, at Buffalo, where they would lose 3-2 in overtime, I guess in a, in a shootout. But, you know... It is what it is. When you think about it, I was really mad after the Buffalo game as well because for some reason, Carolina just can't win a shootout. Um, but if you take a step back and you look at it, this was their third game in four days with travel on a back-to-back. Uh, that's tough no matter who you are. And, mm-hmm. you know, the the – the fact that we were able to scrape out a point of the out of this game is is good, but we really could have won this and should have won this in regulation. But the refs, which this is a whole nother topic that we can get into, took a goal away because they called a hand pass on Kokanyami 
to Teravainen, which if you look at the replay, it was absolutely not a hand pass. It didn't touch his hand, but they disallowed the goal, and then it was a non-challengeable play because they blew it dead. I, I'll, I'll say this. A clear hand pass is if you just imagine you have look down at your hand if, if you're listening to this and push it forward. That's a hand pass. It didn't hit off of his hand. His hand moved a little bit, even though like it didn't even hit his hand. And they call it a hand pass, and you cannot challenge it, which is BS in my opinion, because clearly if they reviewed it, it would have been called a good goal. So I and what frustrated me, and Rod talked about this, after the first period, we were just not there. And I thought, yeah. you know, in the third, we took the lead. I was like, yeah, we're up 2-1. to one. And then they scored immediately after. And I will admit, uh, you know, Buffalo has a lot of promise this year. They have a really good defense, uh, two defensemen. Owen Power is still young. Ross Pistolene a really good defenseman. And... They got some good talent up top, Tage Thompson, uh, Alex Tuck, and former Hurricane Jeff Skinner. Uh, so it's just the shootout. Spencer Martin played lights out that whole that whole game. That yeah, is not on him. That is on the offense and the defense. And those three, uh, the first three shootout attempts, I thought we were going to lose immediately. But he held his own. I mean, you know, he followed the puck. He set himself square to the puck. He went out of the crease to challenge. It's just we're infected with something that doesn't let us have shootouts. And thank gosh. It's because we lack finishing all throughout our roster. Yeah. The only guy who's shootout, like (laughs) the shootout is all about the finish. I mean, it's just the only person that finishes, and that's on the power play, like follow ups that I can think of is Michael Bunting. Yeah. And he doesn't do that a lot. But, I mean, I don't, I didn't, I didn't necessarily disagree with the shootout lineup that they put out there. I thought it was what it was Aho, Svetch, and then Natchez, Teravinen, Teravinen was Teravinen no, the Teravinen was. I feel like it wasn't Natchez. Let me look. I feel like it was Jarvis, if I'm not mistaken. Mm, I know me, Aho just, and Svetch went. Let me just pull it up real quick here. I got it right here. So it was. I know Teravinen. It was Aho. Aho went first. Then it was Fetch. Then it was Teravinen, and then it was Natchez in the fourth. Okay, there you go. That's there what it go. was. So yeah, that's a good so, shootout I mean, lineup if they it practice is. it. Yeah, I, I agree. I thought I thought it was a good lineup, and, and we've I seen agree with it. And, we've seen Aho do it in the shootout and juke Vasilevsky out of his skates. Right. So yeah. I mean, these guys but can for score. What, for whatever reason lately like this season i feel like it's just what we won we won one shootout i believe in the beginning of the year against the kings Kings. and i don't know if we've had another no we were one and four entering no we were one and three entering the shootout now we're one and four yeah and it's not you know it's not martin's fault martin did exactly you know what you you can't ask any more of of how he performed but exactly right Anyway, before this overtime, you know, before we got to overtime, the, the kind of game, the game kind of finished up in the third, right? Obviously, but, you know, the, the Carolina would lead the game midway through the third and then gave up a late period goal uh, to Owen Power, uh, who was had a great game in his first game back from injury. And uh, then that would draw overtime and then the shootout transpired like it would. But, you know, like I said, it's good to get, get a point take a point away from this game given the schedule the uh the, the the schedule makers did us no favors this past weekend so yeah it is what well, it is the minnesota game i didn't get to watch it but i saw a recap and it just looked very tough from the get-go and obviously i saw the portion where gustafson robbed shea who's from minnesota so i know he had family there and all of us in our group chat, especially with the Kaniac report, the warning take, and you and I, uh, we were like, we're getting ready to get out goalie. Like, it's it's getting ready to happen. But uh, that was – Kochekov and the defense were good. Um, yeah. They were, the, they were the reason why we held on to that game. And Absolutely. 
uh, Minnesota took a two to one lead heading into the third, I believe heading into the, yeah, heading into the third. And then, uh, Svechnikov had his, well, all of them. So Stahl chipped a shot in from Slavin's one-timer. And it was a good follow-up. And Gustafson No, real quick. Had his... No, it was, it, was, it, it was one, or it was two to one heading into the second. <clears throat> and then we were able to uh, tie it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, the... that was the Stahl, yeah, that was right. uh, Svech's goal. And even the announcer, because uh, on YouTube I looked at it, and even the announcer from Minnesota said he didn't get all of it with his blade because it looked like he was going for the one-timer with the feed from Jarvis, and it was just a lucky bounce, and uh, Gustafson couldn't close his legs in time. And the one that won us the game is, my goodness, Stefan Nason, your face is made of steel. So uh, Jack Drury shot shot it after a pass from Tara Vine and it hit off Gustafson's blocker and then it went right square in Nason's face and it went in. And uh, even though, you know, it wasn't the best game, the bounces were pretty much the key to the win and we added two more points. So you can't really complain about that, but you know, you just got to get better at finishing, especially against teams like that. And even when I said, when we were looking at the schedule uh, with, the warning take on our previous episode or session. If you haven't go watch it. I said, Minnesota was going to be one of the toughest challenges of that whole thing. And they were, but lucky bounces. We got the two points and now on to Winnipeg on Saturday for kids night. Yeah. Yeah. This game was, I mean, super tough. Like we probably deserve to lose, to be honest. Oh yeah. hundred percent. If you, you know, I watched it. I just thought the whole game, you know, I thought we were outplayed for the majority of the game. There was some, you know, there was plenty of four checking sequences where Carolina, you know, pinned them back, kind of tilted the ice in front of, you know, Gustafson. But um, probably if you take the full 60 minutes of effort from both sides, Minnesota probably deserved to win. Um, But, you know, we've been on the losing side of of those games plenty of times. Oh, yeah. So, you know, like I said, it's nice to finally get one to go our way, especially. And I and I, I just want to pause for a minute before we go on. All right. I am not one to complain about officiating. Like, okay, well, let me let me take a, let me take a step back. I do complain about officiating in the heat of the moment. <laughs> there you right? go. There you in go. the heat of the moment. I, you know. I can chirp the ref with the best of them, but in all actually, in all actuality, like I don't put outcomes of a game on officiating, but I feel like the last week it has been so bad. I mean, games where, you know, the opposing team is just granted power play after power play for these little ticky tack calls. And then here we are skating halfway through the third period before we get to even go on our first power play and, yeah. and just obvious, obvious penalties. You know, it's one thing if there's just not a penalty and they, you know, you can't call what there's what isn't there. Like I get that, but obvious penalties that occur that are just getting ignored. And yeah. It's frustrating. Mm-hmm. I think with, my thing, especially with all Canes fans, if a penalty gets called or all teams, you're like, oh, my gosh, that's not a penalty. But with me and so many other fans, especially you, too, and a majority of the people listening, you look at the penalty, and if you see it's clear, you're like, okay, that was a penalty. That's fine. Like, I, I if I was on the ice, I probably would have done the same thing. The one that really pissed me off this entire week was when a Dallas Stars player was fell over and Orloff fell over and he blatantly grabbed Orloff's stick and what wouldn't let him go back to the defensive zone. The ref was standing right near right there. The linesman was standing right there and nothing happened. That's what really made me mad out of all of the penalties this week. I don't know what the penalties were like last night, but the Dallas game was awful in my opinion. Yeah. 
All right. Well, we've got plenty more to talk about here in just a minute, AB. But before we do that, let's take a break and hear from our sponsor. You're listening to Kaniac Sessions. We know hockey games move fast, but with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, you can score faster than anything happening on the ice. This week, new customers can bet 5 bucks and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app with code THPN. New customers bet just 5 bucks on the NHL and get 200 instantly in bonus bets. Only on DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas, 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks in National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024. All rights reserved. Ready? And we're back. We are back. We are indeed back, AB. Let's get going on these discussions here. Let's so, do it. First thing we can talk about is the month of February. So currently this month, with one game remaining in February, which is tomorrow and tonight, as you're listening to this, the team is seven three and one. AB, we said after the Vancouver game that we we thought sixteen points, and we talked about this last session too. We thought yep. that sixteen points this month would be successful after the Vancouver game, right? Because we we knew we dropped that one. Mm-hmm. Um, currently, as we sit here today, we have fifteen points on the month, and Columbus tomorrow night, right? or tonight as you're listening. If we beat Columbus, that would put us at 17 points of 22 since that Vancouver game and 17 of 24 for the month of February. Mm-hmm. If we lose that game in overtime, we can still meet our 16-point benchmark, but we really want to win and get to 17, and that kind of puts us in a comfortable position for the month and where, where you kind of feel good about what you just did. What do you think? Exactly. Yeah, because... The thing with what I'm afraid of is that the Canes players and their professionals, I don't know what goes on in their mind, but in my opinion, you can't take any NHL team for granted because even though Columbus is at the bottom of the Metro and one of the bottom teams of the league, they're still good. So it's one of those things where you really want the two points to end the month of february strong and especially if players that we're uncertain of if they're going to be here if they have a good game or good games going forward that really boosts their um trade appeal so and obviously we'll get into that i'll just lead right into it so march 8th like we said is a deadline and trades have been going on for weeks Waddell has done a couple of interviews with a bunch of outlets. Most recently on the SiriusXM NHL, uh, where he talked about what he said this quote, I believe. And tell me if I'm wrong. If something bigger than what we have cap space, we have options of what we can do. So cap space should not be a problem for us as we move into the trade deadline. Now, I'm going to hear your thoughts on this because hearing it means there's something's getting ready to happen on March 8th. Yeah, I didn't get uh, we like our group vibes out of that quote. Um, It just. It made me feel like, you know, they are they have he basically said that they have cap space and we're planning on using it now. What does that mean? Does that mean using it on one player or does that mean using it on, you know, a bottom six forward and two depth defensemen? You know, like, I don't know. Yeah. It's kind of, 
I don't know. It could go either way. I've said that I thought this was going, this year was going to be different. And I, mm-hmm. and I point back to free agency in July where Carolina went out and spent a lot of money on two guys. They thought that could make the team better. Right. One of and those guys, have, being, they've gotten better. They've gotten better. They have, they have. Yeah. And I think, you know, and they've gotten better. That may not show up on the, you know, in the standings, mm-hmm. right on the, in the points, but they've gotten tougher. And they, they just have, I mean, you can see it. Look, look at the Florida game. Um, mm-hmm. They've gotten tougher and the, the defense is outstanding. Right. Is it E freaking lead? <sighs> not yet. You didn't. You no, you say, no, you, you know say, what? Listen, listen now. No. Listen. Okay. Right. Listen. Okay. We had a rough start to the year. Yeah, that's true. Right. Well, there was the Western Canadian road trip that we continue to talk about. Then there was this game in Ottawa. That was the turning point to me. So then what happened? And if you look from then to now, and you look at the stats and you look at the numbers and you look at the record and the percentages and the whatever, this team in most aspects that you can look at is number one in so many categories and the fewest goals allowed, the fewest shot attempts allowed. AB, this defense is shaping up to be E freaking elite, AB, just like we thought. Just like we thought. That's right. And it's only going to get better and it's going to carry us into the playoffs where I expect it to be just one of the greatest defensive teams in modern history. I will I will say this before we move on to more of the trade talk. Uh Orloff, when he every Canes fan, you and I as well, we were like, this is a total waste of money. Like, he's not doing anything. And, yes, is he a little overpaid? Okay, yeah. There are so many contracts that are a lot overpaid. But the way he's playing with Jalen Chatfield, and when Chatfield was out, the way he was playing with Pesci, he just looks solid. He's turned into the fire hydrant. So, and, of course, guy who's been playing better, um, well, when he was back in the lineup, was Tony D'Angelo. He he looked yeah. solid when he was playing. Obviously, it wasn't the big sample size, but he scored a goal. Yeah. So that yeah. always helps. And another guy that I'm impressed with, too, there are two of them. Uh, of course, the alpha male of our species. That's Brent oh, Burns. Yeah. He's been playing a lot better. Offensively, it doesn't show it, but defensively, he's he's playing a lot better. Oh, compared yeah. To, he has. Compared Absolutely. to last year. And I will say, too, this may be, I don't know if it's controversial. Some people may disagree with it. I don't know. I really like Brendan Lemieux. He just fills that role so well of that of that 13th forward. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's pretty I much agree. all I have to say about that. Yeah, I agree. But, um, yeah, well, we kind of went off in left field here a little bit. I don't even remember what we were talking about before. I think the, <laughs> the – <I, laughs> We were talking about what Waddell was saying, and we talked oh, about yeah, yeah. Uh, how it's not the we like our group, stuff like that. Oh, yeah, that's right. So I was talking about the offseason, free agency, and how I thought, yeah. So, right, so Carolina went out, got two big ads, paid you know premium, which is unheard of with this team. That's and right. so I've, I've always thought that that was kind of an indicator that this is the year that they are willing to you know, go up and get it. And so – I think that that's going to translate into this trade deadline. And I think that we are going to see a big ad here. Um, you know, who that is and what that looks like and who goes the, the other way, you know, I don't know. Yeah. Um, but, but I think that this is going to be the year and I think, uh, I don't know. We'll see. But um, just to kind of wrap up that Don Waddell interview with, uh, with, um, Sunday brunch on Sirius XM and HL. Another thing he talked about that was that all four goalies will soon be healthy, right? He, we expect mm-hmm. uh, Freddie to return just as we talked about last week. And uh, we expect Ronta to, to become healthy here, you know, real soon as well. Uh, Don Waddell indicated that he expects to move a goalie. 
uh, right? Just as we thought, just as we talked about. Uh, he indicated, you know, he kind of tied cap space to moving a goalie as a way to kind of free up some more cap space. And also, you know, you got to free up a roster spot. I mean, you yeah. can't roll with four goalies um, when you're only allowed 23 roster spots. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know, we've kind of speculated and talked about different scenarios for quite some time now. Um, but I believe that, you you know, Kachekov's your number one, even if Freddie comes back. And until 100%. until he's unseated there, he's your number one. Yeah, um, 100%. You know, I expect Freddie, you know, if he comes back and plays well, I expect him to be our number two. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, any combination of trades or waivers or whatever for the other two guys, um, that's kind of up in the air for the third spot. But, you know, I know what I would do at this point. I think Ronta would be my casualty. I think he would be the one that would go through waivers. Um, maybe he gets claimed. Maybe he doesn't. But, you know, Here's another thing too. You 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 kind of if if Freddie comes back and he can play and he's healthy, you kind of want to get rid of both of them. I'm not saying get rid of both of them out of the system, but you know maybe we see both of them go through waivers, right? Um, Martin is a, at danger of getting claimed, but there's something that I heard Adam Gold say that made a lot of sense. You could sign Spencer Martin to a contract extension, a hundred percent. You could sign him to a two-way contract. He would still have to go through waivers and clear to go to the AHL. But if he if he's got a higher dollar amount and a higher contract behind his name, teams may shy away from claiming him, right? And, uh, you know, a lot of teams will just grab him for the year. So if he's got a contract behind his name, maybe he clears and you can put him in the AHL uh, and then have him available next season or you know the season after or whatever right so maybe he plays in the ahl next season while we still have freddie under contract and you can roll with freddie and kachekov one two or one a one b or however you want to number them and then you have martin in the ahl available for call up if you need him and then the season after that well he will become a one-way nhl player and then you roll with spencer martin and Piotr kachekov as and your, then you got Peretz, who will probably be in the AHL in the next AHL. year. Correct. Yeah. Correct. So, so what? Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was going to say. So you could, we, you know, there's a way that we can make this work to see Spencer Martin stay in our organization for, you know, the foreseeable future. Pierre Kochetkov is the future of this franchise. I've never been more excited about a goalie until Freddie Anderson came here the first time and he lit it up. He's such yeah. a good goaltender, and I'm so excited that he's coming back and he's healthy. But, you know, Auntie Ranta, you know, once he got hurt, and even when he wasn't hurt, he's just – it feels like he's falling off a cliff. Spencer Martin has proven that he is a good goaltender when he has the right people in front of him, and in Columbus he didn't have that. But he's flourished in Carolina, and – my guess would be you sign him for two years and you keep him in the system if he passes waivers. And I think Ronth is such a good guy. He's done a lot for this franchise. You know, he he kept us in playoff games for a while and he was very consistent. I think he had like what 16 wins straight at home. Yeah. And so he he's a very good goaltender, but you're not gonna put him over Spencer Martin and Freddie Anderson because we know what Freddie Anderson is capable of. And no offense, Freddie Anderson is a lot better than Auntie Ranta. Yeah, I agree. So I, I think that's probably the trade you would make. I would re-sign Spencer Martin to, like you said, a two-way and like Adam said, you know, two-way, let him pass through waivers. I don't know if somebody would pick him up because he'd only do one year probably if he passed through waivers, and then we would go after him immediately. If you structured that contract right, you could scare teams away from claiming him. But it'd be a little bit of a risk, but it's a calculated risk, and it could work. Yeah, I I just – I don't know. I just have this really good feeling where we're going to get somebody big. And when it comes to playoffs time, I would rather have Kochetkov. And, yes, he is very young. He has proven himself. He is solid. However – can he carry that weight to lead this team all the way? 
And let's say worst case scenario, I hope this does not happen. He can't. We have Freddie Anderson, who has experience, who pretty much carried the goaltending for us last year in the playoffs. So, you know, we a a packed one-two punch is is right there in worst case scenario. Yeah, and, you know, throughout the time Kochetkov has played here, I don't think there's been a moment that's too big for him. Uh, Even two seasons ago when he was brought in to play against Boston in round one of the playoffs. Yeah. He played well. So I don't – you know, he's only improved since then, so I don't see why he couldn't. I, I've got faith. Um, I will say thank goodness for no shootouts in the playoffs. Yeah, accurate. But, uh, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be an interesting week leading up to the deadline. Um, maybe, A.B., maybe we can put our heads together and do some kind of uh, trade deadline special. Maybe we can uh, live stream through the day or something. I uh, yeah, I think that would be really fun. Yeah, so stand by. When you guys hear Session 31 come out, we will provide details on that. And, uh, well, actually, we may even provide details a little bit before on, on X or something. But uh, maybe we follow, can. You have to follow it and turn yeah. on the notifications. Absolutely. So, you don't so miss we anything. will see. We'll see what we can put together for that. Maybe we'll do some kind of. Maybe we can get with our uh, our warning take and Kaniac report friends and do like a, a big. Or we could bring on another guest. That may be a surprise. We could. Stand by for that. Stand by. So, all right. Let's kind of move on here. Some more trade deadline talk here. Um, You know, Carolina's been linked to some players out there, right? So we've heard several things throughout different media sources throughout, you know, the hockey world. Um, There's been some speculation from Elliot Friedman where he thought that maybe Carolina would be willing to move on from some certain players. Um, I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I don't I don't know if I necessarily want to give up any rostered players at this point. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I know we've got some expiring deals. I know we've got some UFAs coming up, but uh I'd I'm afraid to mess with any chemistry right now. Yeah. I uh and this is just my opinion. This is this is Griff's opinion here. Yeah. I you know, maybe you move on for maybe you tr- maybe you include a goalie in a trade package, or maybe you you know obviously you have to waive somebody or trade somebody um, out of these four goalies. So I'd be okay with that. But as far as you know, night in night out players, I at this point do not want to see anybody leave. Right, even Pesci. Um, at this point, I just think that you need to hold it together because I really believe that this roster has the potential. I believe that this roster can go all the way, even if we don't add. I mean, I'd like to add just to kind of push it forward a little bit, but, you know, I don't want to give up anybody. So I hope they find a way to bring in a big name, a big scorer, you know, either whether that be a center, somebody that can upgrade the 2C spot or, you know, a, a, a sniper for the wing or whatever it is, you know, I hope it's somebody with a big name that might not be on everybody's radar, you know, somebody with some term. Uh, but I could also see them going after a rental this year since, you know, several players on our roster, UFAs, they've got to figure out who to pay, you know, where they're going to put the money, you know. So there's a lot of decisions to be made. Maybe some of those have been made. Maybe they have a plan. But, you know, I don't know if they necessarily want to go spend a bunch of money on a guy with some term when they have to figure out, who's staying home first, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. right? So maybe they go after a rental this year just to kind of push us over the hump uh, this season. I'd love to see them grab Gensel. Oh, 100%. I'd love to see if they could figure out a way to get Gensel. Um, You know, I guess Tarasenko could work, you know, as a rental. I don't know if I want to keep him here beyond this season, but, um, you know, maybe he comes in and provides a little scoring touch for the playoffs. Uh, Henrique would be good to have, but it seems like everybody is after Henrique right now. Yeah. So, I don't or know. Frank Vetrano. Yeah. I mean, you could go after Vetrano. I'm not really as big on Vetrano as some people are. Okay. I mean, I, I was at one point, but you know, all you're getting out of that guy's offense. I mean, there's not much, <laughs> I don't know about any defense. You know, I like the concept of having a 200 foot two way forward that can score. Yeah. But you know, like a Marty Natchez type player, 
maybe with a little bit more finishing touch. Man, this but may we'll be see. Hot. Oh, go ahead. Sorry. No, I was just saying we'll see. Go for it. This may be a hot take. Ooh. Ooh. I would get rid of some. No, I'm just saying. Um, I I really think Tabo Teravina should be on the block. Now, you can totally disagree with me. I, I get I it. Do. Um, But if you're going to bring in a guy like Jake Getzel or something like that, and you do not trade a player that's in our starting lineup, what are you going to do? Because you're clearly going to bench one of them. And our lineup's working fine with our centers and our right wingers, so I'm not touching that. But Tabo Teravainen, he's probably not going to come back next year. And yes, he has been really good this year, but he's very inconsistent. So maybe that's a piece you move. I don't know, man. Well, if you want to get one of those big names, who are you going to take out of the lineup? I'm not going to take anybody out of the lineup. I'm just going to... If you get Jake Getzel for a goalie and some da-da-da-da-da, whatever, who are you taking out of the lineup? My point exactly. I don't know, but you have to at that point. Exactly. I just... I don't know. I, I, It's just, man, KK has... Not KK, excuse me. Tara Vinen has, like, I mean, just a ton of chemistry with Aho, with Svetch, with, I mean, just everybody. But the thing you know, is, he, he's just, he is just, he has his hands all over the success of this team. Okay, well, hear me out here. Maybe you have to move somebody to the left side that would normally play right. Okay, well, hear me out for a second. Svechnikov is really good friends with Marty Natchez. They're they're like best friends, right? Right, yeah. What do you think that would do to his morale if he left? Who, Natchez? Yeah. It would yeah, it would suck. And I don't I'm not a proponent for getting rid of Natchez. No. Yeah, exactly, but with Teravine and he's played all over the place and yes, he's been here for a long time. He's a great forward. However, why are you going to keep him here? To okay, I get have a shot, but he just I, I don't know. It's just he will go on a tear and then he is just silent for the rest of the year. So yeah, that's where it so... comes into play. Where if you get Getzel and you trade Teravinen and Ranta and a pick or picks and a prospect, that would be totally fine with me. I mean, maybe, but Teravinen provides a lot that doesn't show up on the score sheet, right? He is. I will say on the penalty kill. I will say on the penalty kill. He's very good defensively. He's a very good passer. He's, he's good at clearing the zone. He's just, he's good in so many ways that, you know, fits the style of play of this team. Honestly, and, you know, he's he's oh, go good. Ahead, sorry. At, he's good. He's good at puck battles. He's good against the boards. You know, I just. I don't know. It's hard for me to be OK with moving on from Tara Vine and the way that he does the way that he's doing things now. Last season, Tara Vine. And yeah, send him. I don't care where you I don't care if you send him back to Europe like last the, <laughs> the way he's playing last year. But. <laughs> Um, he's back to his usual self, I think, this year. And I will say this. This also popped into my head. And I know a lot of people do not like Tony D'Angelo. I get that. He's probably going to be traded. That's another piece that's going to be traded. I'm a huge Tony D'Angelo fan, but it's pretty imminent. I believe he's going to be traded. However, listen to this. So, we all know that Brett Pesci, Brady Shea, Vincent Trocheck and Tony D'Angelo vacation together. Uh-huh. Right. When Tony D'Angelo was paired with Shea, they were paired, they were paired together in New York. And when he was playing with him the past couple of games, he looked fine. Yeah. Now I'm not saying this is a long-term solution, you know, everything like that, but uh, Brett Pesci's not going to resign here. There is no way. So maybe you think about, maybe trading Pesci and putting D'Angelo in and getting a forward, getting a depth, really good depth defenseman 
and getting a pick or, you know, prospects. I mean, that's also a thing that you can look at too. I mean, yeah. You don't, I don't know. I'm inclined to just say, I'm inclined to just say, leave it as is. We saw this team dominate for the majority of, you know, dominate two rounds of the playoffs last year without Svetch, without Pacioretty. Um, so I have no reason to believe that they can't replicate that and actually get, a, I think they've gotten better. So I think you don't want to, you don't want to mess with it too much. You know, even if they left it alone, this team could, could win the cup. Um, I just, I, I, you know, I look, I'm a fan. I'm not a GM. I want them to figure out a way to, to get more scoring, but not sacrifice anything on this roster. I understand we've got UFAs. I understand we've got capable guys that are in depth roles that can very easily play up, but it's just not the year to, 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 Look at what New York did last year, the Rangers. If you look at that roster and the names that I test, dude, there's no way that they're not winning the cup. Yeah. But they they screwed it up. They added so much, they screwed it up. New York was a scary team last year. Oh, even 100%. before even before yeah. the trade deadline. But like they I really believe the the amount of moves they make are the reason they lost the Devils in the first round. I also think, too, their defense, they did not address their defense. Right. And that was also a big question mark. And, yes, Patrick Kane is very, very good. And he did help them in the playoffs and in the season. Tarasenko was kind of a little bit of a letdown, but they did not address the defense. We have the defense figured out. We have the defense figured out. If Pesci, you know, if he's a part of it, you know, we also have a second option. But, you know – in my opinion, in order to move forward, sorry, in order to move forward, you have to make a move to get somebody that can score when you need them to. Yeah, now, I agree. this could be a top six. This could be like a top nine forward, but you need it. You need all the help you can get. So I wouldn't be opposed to moving somebody. The only untouchables, obviously, for me are Svetch, Aho, Bunting, Nason. Uh, Jack Drury, uh, Marty Natchez. Everybody on the roster. <laughs> pretty much everybody on the roster except for Pesci, Teravainen, and Kokaniami. Yeah, I don't know. We will see how this plays out. I would love to get them some. I would love for them to get something done to improve, but just not sacrifice, you know, yeah, too much. I get that. But, I, get that. I understand you're not going to get Gensel if you don't give up a, a roster player. Like, I, I get that. Yeah. But uh, I think I'm okay, too, if if you don't bring in a big name like that. I hope they find a cap-strap team and rob them. That's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> yeah, especially. I'm like hoping the for the Don Waddell Classic, man. Yeah, yeah the Trocheck trade. Yeah, the yeah, yeah. Trade. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm hoping right, for something so like that. Obviously, all of these teams are, well, we'll look at the rest of the schedule here before we do that. So, the tough games are Winnipeg. Is this in order? Hold on now. What are we talking about here? Where are I'm we talking about this? the tough games ahead, the games ahead. Oh, yeah. So for March, right? So we got one game left in February against Columbus, and then we kick off the March schedule Saturday afternoon yeah. against Winnipeg. Um, these, these, uh, these games here that we've listed in our notes are not in order. This is just some of the teams that we're playing in March. New Jersey. Yep. New Jersey. Yeah. New York. That's going to be a really tough test. Florida, obviously tough. We played Toronto twice. The Islanders, the Flyers, the Capitals, the Penguins, the Red Wings. We play Montreal twice, Calgary, and Ottawa. Yeah. And they're out of all of the things that I just listed, the ones that I'm really looking out for is the Rangers, Florida, Toronto, Philadelphia, and the Red Wings. Yeah, those are the ones that stand out to me. Yeah, there's no gimmies in March, man. Um, no, not at all. And and listen to this. So after they play Winnipeg Saturday, they get three days off. 
right? They get three days okay. off before they have to return to play Montreal on Thursday night at home. Then they play at least every other night through March, through the rest of the month. And they have three back-to-backs thrown in there. So from the from March 7th through March 31st, that's 14 games. Um, that is insane. Yeah. So well, the thirty points up. How many do you think we need? So so what? Thirty points. So what? Fifteen points in March. Thirty points available. Um, I would say I believe, given the schedule, given the teams that we play, and the importance of some of these games, right? Divisional games in the Rangers, the Islanders, the Flyers, Pittsburgh, and Washington. And New Jersey. So we play the entire division almost other than Columbus in March. Um, so I think you need I think you need 24 of those 24 of those 30 points to feel good. Okay. Right. About the month. I, I think. I think uh anything less than I think anything 20 or less is a failure. Yeah. Um, and I think higher than 24, you feel real, real good about yourself. I would say 20, 23, 22. The the ones that I really want to win out of all of those points are the division matchups. Yeah. Those are those are the big ones for me. If we drop a game to Florida or Toronto or to the Red Wings, uh, I get it. I'm fine with that. But we mm-hmm. need to beat some of these Metro teams. Now, I would hope that we beat all of them. I don't know if that's going to happen. I hope so. Uh, but, you know, that that's just that's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. It's going to be tough with you know so many back to backs with travel and you know there's not really any long drawn out road trips. I think there's like a couple or there's one road swing where we play like three games on the road, but then otherwise it's like Raleigh um, away, away, Raleigh yeah. away. You know, it's like back to backs travel. You know, back and forth between home and the road. It's just going to man. It's going to be a tough month. So. You know, that's why I think, like, you know, if you're above 20, then, okay, you know, 20 of 30 points, that's two-thirds of the points available for the month. You know, okay, like, solid. 24, you're feeling good. Anything north of 24, you're feeling real good. Oh, yeah. Um, so that's what – that's my take on it. But we know that we're going to lose to Toronto on St. Paddy's Day. I believe we play Toronto again. Yeah. And they wear those stupid green jerseys. The St. Pat's. I those are the ugliest jerseys in the NHL. Hate them. Hate them. Anyway, that's probably what people say about Whalers Night. I don't care. That's I don't either. That's more. That's better. The Toronto May- Maple Leafs wearing a St. Pat's jersey like that has nothing to no. Now, <laughs> if it was in Boston, okay, maybe that would be acceptable. But uh, Toronto, really? That's stupid. That's really stupid all right so what about playoff matchups i feel good honestly about being in second because yes we've won the division okay i if we win the division great if we don't i'm fine with it because a division win uh doesn't mean you're gonna make it all the way i would much rather play philadelphia if they hold on to the three spot than to go number one and perhaps play like a florida or a detroit or a toronto or a tampa in my opinion yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, so I was thinking about this. I don't really see a Metro team getting a wild card spot at this point. I think, I think given the standings right now and the the games remaining, I think you're looking at Atlantic, uh, Atlantic division teams claiming both wild card spots. So if you're going to be, because if you look at it, I believe both wild card teams have more points than our third place in Philly. So, you know, mm-hmm. if you want to get into the playoffs in the Metro Division, you need to be in the top three. Um, the Devils are within reach. Yeah. But I, at this point, believe that I would rather play Philly or New Jersey rather than have to go and play one of those wildcard Atlantic teams who are really better than where they're positioned. Yeah. Because, again, the, the top of the Atlantic is really, really good. Mm-hmm. So you're, you know, if you take one of those, if you take a Detroit or a Tampa and you put them in the Metro, they're top three anyway. So, I just much rather put uh, 
some salt in the wound for Philadelphia. And yeah, like you said, the Atlantic division is very good. Tampa's dangerous. Boston is dangerous. They're going to be the number one seed in that division. Panthers, Red Wings. Uh, I said Tampa, Toronto. So, yeah. I mean, and honestly, yeah, I hot take, I really don't think the Devils are going to make the playoffs this year. They might not. They might not. We'll see what they do uh, at the trade deadline as far as their goalie situation goes. If they bring a, you know, if they bring in a Markstrom or a Soros, which or I don't think Gibson. Soros is going anything yeah. now. But uh, if they bring in a, you know, a solid option in net, then there's a there's a chance. But, uh, you know, either war, either or. Philly, Philly is kind of more scary to me than Jersey at this point, just because they're, they're defense and you never know. Like if you have a solid defensive team, you just never know. And they're gritty too. So exactly, hence their mascot. <laughs> that was good. Did you did you just do that by? Accident? Yeah, I literally yeah, I literally just came up with that. Good job, AB. Thanks, thanks. But um, but we'll see what happens with this playoff race. You know, if we can win the division, great. But I don't really care. I don't think we're going to win the division when it, yeah. you know at this point, New York's rattling off 10, 11 wins in a row. Like I don't know if it's even even yeah, worth I, shooting I for. Think that's out of the question. You know, I think uh, think think second the Metro home home ice in the first round. I'm I'm good with that. Yeah, it's all so. Any final thoughts? Nothing. What about you? I think, I'm, I think I'm done. Well, thank you so much for listening to session thirty of Caniac Sessions. If you haven't already, please follow us on social media at X at Caniac Sessions and listen to the podcast. Whether it would be Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Podcasts, Google, iHeartRadio, wherever it may be. Drop a like, download it, listen to it, give us a review, honest review. We love to hear the criticism. You can follow Griff on X 